Hello, this is Maurice Harker. For almost 20 years, we've been building a team of hundreds of clinicians, coaches, mentors, and people just like you who have discovered and love to teach life-changing principles. Our coaches have made a special investment to make sure you can hear these messages. You will hear stories of triumphant healing from specialists and people having a real life just like you. We hope to increase your awareness that you are not alone and there are so many others who are enlisted in this work to train and heal the whole family. You will find these principles are an amazing synergy of the most accurate cutting-edge science with familiar gospel principles. We are passionate eternal warriors and we hope you will join us. We're so glad you're here. Ah, when I say we, I'm talking about Lloyd and Debbie and I. We are eternal warrior coaches for life-changing services, and we're glad you're here. Thanks so much for joining us. We're excited about what we're going to talk about today. We've actually been discussing some things before we started the recording, and I'm thinking several things apply. It's just our discussion and what we're talking about today. So we want to talk to you today about the importance of transforming Satan's lies and share with you a tool. And we'll kind of tell you the name of that tool here in a bit, but it's just so awesome. So let's see. You know what? Usually before the podcast starts, I say, hey, let's kind of go in this order. Totally forgot to say that. But we're going to go with what Lloyd said and just have a discussion. We're going to give it a try today because we had a meeting about our little podcast. And Lloyd says, why don't we just like talk, see what happens? So we're going to give that a try. So Debbie and Lloyd, let's just start discussing the transforming Satan's lies. But let's start with just a call to arms first. So if I were to give you a call to arms out there, you listeners, it would be, it was so wonderful for me to notice what, that the way that I handled the hard things in my life were, it was, it was directly related to, of course, the circumstances that I was experiencing in my life, because those would cause me to think things and feel things. And then I'd, but I had kind of carried this way of behaving whenever I had strong feelings and it became a pattern in my life and it was really neat to learn that those strong feelings you're having Karen that lead you to withdraw from your loved ones and not talk to them anymore for a while or that lead you to go eat a bunch of sugar just so that you can feel better, have a little dopamine in your brain and stop thinking about that. Or the way that you judge other people partially in your mind because it seems like you're doing stuff you need to do to check the right boxes. and Maybe they're not. So I would go in my mind and start judging things and I'd act all nice on the outside, but on the inside, I'd definitely be battling with strong feelings. So anyway, my call to arms is welcome to noticing that your feelings are important and how to change a mood battle. It's so important to know this. That's what this is called. This is called a mood battle. I have an option here. I can catch this early. I am 
going to be the boss of this moment. But if I let this keep growing, I'm not going to be very successful. I'm going to get more miserable. It's going to affect my relationships in my life. It's going to affect my relationship with God and myself. So this principle of transforming, not just catching, last week we talked about catching Satan's lies, but how do we transform his lie? Here is lie. Notice the mood battle that starts to grow and then do something with that to transform where we're at. So that's my call to arms is how neat would it be if we could see it early and transform? Okay. Yeah. Well, I love that call to arms. I love the noticing phase because I think when we are in the mood battle, which is usually at the level two, I mean, it's uncomfortable. It's, we can be very critical of others and judge like what you're saying, Karen, but also so self-critical and validated in the behavior that we're having or the feeling that we're having. And the first thing of noticing it is to recognize that we're off, you know, that there is a mood battle. And I think when you're in that battle, it's hard to see, you know, that's part of the process as you it's hard to see, you're almost blind. And what I love as we get more comfortable with this tool and with the tools that we're taught here at Eternal Warriors is to be more real with ourselves and maybe be more expressive with those that we trust and love around us because I think we need each other to even help us notice when we're even in a mood battle. And that can be hard to do you don't want to feel like you're being judged right or criticized yourself so it for me noticing it becomes like a physical i feel it physically i feel almost sick or like it's an agitation but i can talk to someone and i can talk about this agitation or this validation or whatever it is that i'm feeling and sometimes it does take that other person to go oh i notice this and then i'm like oh yeah i'm in a mood battle so my call to arms would be to let's start getting comfortable with our feelings and how we're feeling in our mood so that we can recognize it and to start giving voice to that. And that gives us more power, especially if you're in a mood battle and we have Lucifer in the weeds trying to entice us down that mood battle and feel more validated to go down that mood battle. It is. It's damaging to ourselves. We don't have the spirit. I don't. I, oh, that's one way I can tell us, do I feel the spirit? And the answer is almost always no. And it gives us power and confidence to be able to recognize that. Mm, so good to point out that the spirit is, you know, knowing what it feels like to feel the spirit, kind of practicing. This is what I feel like when I feel the spirit. And this is what I feel like when I don't. Mm -hmm. Mood battles are really good at heightening our awareness on that. One more thing is one thing I love about this program is that it gives us a safe place. You know, in the program, we share our lost battles and we share these experiences we're going through. And then you're in that safe place where people can say, oh, I've noticed this. And then that helps us notice and start to see the patterns and the Achilles heel, if you will, of what Satan seems to use the same two or three things on me, you know, and, and every time seems like I can't notice it. 
going down the road a little bit. And these, this program gives us that safe place to learn, to learn how to notice it and to learn how to express it and to feel it and to be real. Mm-hmm. I have an example that happened to me a while ago. It was the first time I really noticed the mood battle and that I was at the grocery store. I was in a hurry and I was leaving in my car and I thought that I had plenty of time to get across this intersection. And so I drove. Well, this other driver obviously had a different opinion. And so he was giving me all these gestures and facial expressions expressing his frustration with me. And that got me upset. And so I'm thinking, what a jerk. I had all this faith and time. It's okay. I did good. And as I'm starting to boil and feel this anger and frustration rage in me, the thought crossed my mind, you know, if I let this continue, I'm going to turn into the jerk that this guy thinks I am. I don't have to act that way. I don't have to let win. I don't have to let Satan take over me. I can choose better. And so with that recognition, I was then able to do something about it, which is what we're talking about today. Once you notice it, you got to name it and flip it and find it. And that's the doing something to change where you are. So you don't have to stay and marinate in the gunk that Satan throws at us. And so I think that's what's awesome about this tool is the being able to do something to get yourself into a new place. Love it. Yeah, so good. So that's the tool. Lloyd just mentioned the tool that we want to share with you today. Something you can use to transform Satan's lies. And it's the notice it, name it, flip it, find it tool. And, you know, just as it relates to something that Debbie said earlier about we need people to support us. And she sends the program, you know, in this program, we learn. And so if you're listening, you might think, what is she talking about a program? So to just know that the Eternal Warriors program has Eternal Warrior coaches, we as individuals can take you through one-on-one this program, or you can join a group, a class with one of us and it's so powerful because it's one thing to hear these things here on this podcast and think cool so fun thanks for the tool but it's a whole nother thing to apply it right where you live and ask yourself what does that really look like and that's why it's so valuable to have a coach take you through this whether they're mentoring you with a group or mentoring you as an individual Here's a perfect example. One of the popular nicknames this tool has, has, has is Nini Fifi. And I brought that up to Debbie and Lloyd before we started the recording. And I said, what in the world? What? I think I've noticed people call it Nini Fifi, but I think that's so weird. I don't even understand it. What? It's N-I-N-I-F-I-F-I. Like, I don't even, like... I don't even get it. The only I in there is the find it word. That's the F-I. The others are just start with those letters, but what's the I? And so, yeah, Debbie just said, phone. 
I get it. After Lloyd said something, oh, he said his little comment. What did you say, Lloyd? I said it's find it, name it. Yeah. <clears throat> then Debbie's like, oh, I totally get it. And still I'm like, all right. And then all of a sudden it hit me. Oh, I get it. It's the it. The I is the it. Find it. Flip it. Name it. Notice, notice it. Name it. Flip it. Find it. Right? <laughs> knee, knee, fee, fee. Okay, so I just feel so much better now because I understand what everybody's talking about. But that's why we need a group. We need people to show us things that seem so obvious. You know, we think, what? It seems like everybody else understands this. Everybody else is getting how to apply this and what to do about this. But I'm not. And this area of spiritual warfare, where we're trying desperately to follow our Savior and champion Jesus Christ, and Satan is trying to separate us from him and from feeling his loving help, we really often need a perspective that isn't our own when we are identifying where our mood battles are. So let's talk about how to use this tool. What would you guys say about, let's just kind of break it down to, because really it's notice, notice the, oh gosh. So you just notice the mood battle. You name the feeling that you're having in the mood battle. Then you flip the feeling you're having to the feeling you'd rather have, right? Maybe the opposite of that. And then you find that feeling. So we're just going to break that down. What do you guys got to say about notice it? Well, I actually, this is one of my favorite tools. I love this. I think this one and the truth tool I use the very most. So I just like to give an experience, but it, it encompasses all four. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to show you, I wanted to show how I feel it. And I love that also when we're in a group, you know, we, we talk about it <clears throat> and then we don't feel like we're so alone and we don't feel like, I think it's easier to notice it because when you're in your own mind and you're thinking that that's your own voice talking to you, you know, you start to learn the techniques that Satan uses on us individually. And there's a pattern oftentimes, and then we notice it more easily or easier on our own. So what this has happened to me in the last couple of days, I was just going through him and through my life, like we do, you know, and then all of a sudden I, I felt off, I felt agitated and my Achilles heel is always going to be something that's fear-based, something I have no control over, or it's going to be an attack on my mothering that, oh, I'm sure I'm a failure and I messed my kids up permanently, or I'm going to have doubt and feel like I'm invisible. So those are my Achilles heel. And it has taken me a long time to even say those things out loud because then I feel like, well, I guess now I've just exposed that I'm a failure, which is another part of the Achilles heel, right? So I, I tend to hide and withdraw because I'm naturally more of an introvert. When, and, and all that means is when you're fueling yourself, do you do it externally or internally? And I tend to be more internal. So if I have those thoughts before I'm even noticing it, I tend to withdraw. So, so those are my three Achilles heels. So here's an example of it. I was listening to my friends talk about, 
you know, their kids are getting accepted into colleges and they're doing all of these wonderful things. And I started to feel off, not angry, it's happy for them, but the compare little factor was there. So I, I was comparing, I started to feel off. I started to feel bad. And then I started thinking, well, I messed my kids up, which is my Achilles heel. But I noticed it by the feeling of agitation. So first I noticed I was off and I feel agitated. Well, I don't want to feel agitated. And so then I had to flip it. So I thought, well, what? And this is all just like sitting there. You can get where you just do it in your mind and you can get there. So what do I want to feel instead? Well, I want to feel happiness. I want to feel peace. I want to feel love. So in that moment, how I flipped it was by voicing to the people there, oh, I'm so excited that your son is doing this or that your daughter's doing this. And I am, and it did start to make me feel better because I was giving instead of removing myself internally. But then to find it in order to sustain that, I just on my normal power girls where, where I'm studying, right? I'm studying the conference talks. And I noticed that in every conference talk, there's a lot of the word love in it, love of Christ, love of self, love of others. And so I started circling all the love and what it had to do with it. So that was my find it. I kept trying to find so that I could feel that action. And it started to just build up more and more and more where I, I couldn't believe all of the things that are inside the conference talk that can help us notice, name, find, flip, and then find. The answers are all there. And I thought, this is so awesome. To I mean, I know people know this, but when you have that problem inside your own mind and you take it to the scriptures, to the Lord, to the conference talks, it helps us in the finding. The other thing that I always try to remember when I'm in that phase is that the opposite is true. When I feel like a failure as a mom and a failure as, or I feel embarrassed of maybe the things that my kids might be involved in right now. The other way I'd love to flip it and I'll write it down or I recite it to myself is it's not a failure because I believe and know that my heavenly father trusted me with these kids and with this family. And that's a direct flip, right? One is I feel like the failure worthless. And the other is, oh no, I know the Lord has heavenly father sent me here and that I have great potential and he must really have trusted me with this family. And so I'm going to act in being obedient to the trust and honor that he's given me. So that's how I use an example of the notice it, name it, flip it, find it. So good. That's so good. So your find it piece is like with the example of your friends, it was super clear when you said, okay, here's how I noticed I'm starting to feel off. Here's how I named the feeling, feeling a little agitated. This, what would you rather feel instead? I would, I'd rather feel love, peace, happy. And then the find it was, I'm going to speak it. That was the find it. That's right. That's right. Okay. And in other instances in your life, your find it often will be when you look towards the prophets or in the scriptures. Yes. Yes. And also in that situation, I did speak it and I started to feel the change in my chemistry go back 
But then I will go home and I'll think about it some more. And that cycle happens again. Mm-hmm. So then in order to find it, I went to the words of the prophets. Mm, that's so good. Okay. Notice she does what so many people do, like me, which is, oh, okay, made it through that situation. It's all good. But then you start thinking about it, right? Yes. Yeah. And Satan knows it would be like, too bad your kids aren't going to college, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And so you start, yeah, that's so good. Because we do, we sit and think about stuff that isn't. Well, and I think it's such an example that that mood battle can happen in moments, right? I was just sitting there fine having a lunch and boom, there's a mood battle and there's a whole situation, moments. But I could correct it and work on it in moments as well. But also it lasted into the day and into the next couple of days, right? So it's both. It happens fast and it can linger longer. Good. Well, Satan's really good at that. He likes to, you know, if he can get under our skin with one thing, he keeps poking us with that same stick over and over and over. And so oftentimes we, like you're talking about, we have to fight it over and over and over again. And like you said, those tools are, whether it's seeking examples of love, like you talked about or whatever, that that's so powerful. I know one thing that I do is I cry out to God. If I'm alone, it's out loud. If I'm in public, it's a private prayer. And it's like, God, take these thoughts from me. Satan's throwing this gunk at me. Take this from me. And then I do something, which is the find it part to fulfill that request. Uh, Like at work, an example was happened a little bit ago. We were in a conversation at work. I, I don't even remember what we were talking about now, but the thought just popped into my head. Uh, just a crude thought that I haven't, I'm not a crude person. I don't want crude thoughts and yet Satan threw that at me. I was like, why would I say something like that? That's not who I am and who I want to be. And so I cried out, God, take that thought from me. Please remove that from my head. Don't let it take root. And then I started thinking about good things and making good comments. And so like you said, Debbie, it's turning it and it's doing something that we want to be that's within our value system and then reinforcing it. But you have to keep doing it over and over to make that come true. So good. And you know, Lloyd, something you mentioned, I think is kind of, I feel like it's important to mention this. We do get just railroaded with weird thoughts sometimes. We're like, okay, that's not who I am. That's not what I want. Why do I get weird thoughts like that? Like they could be thoughts that are like totally outside our value system. They can be thoughts that are like, anyway, that are just, you know, can get us really sad and off. Like, oh, there's just so many things. But I think one of the things that this tool has taught me and this transforming Satan's lies and having a heightened level of awareness of my thoughts and my feelings and knowing that when you have thoughts, it will trigger a feeling and grow that feeling. And then your brain does what your brain does, which is, hey, I'm going to go look for some stuff that makes sense of this for you. 
And so then you start adding to it, your your thoughts grow, your feelings grow, they keep beating each other. So it really helped me to just kind of say right out loud, Karen, you are not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. Because a lot of people that I work with in this eternal warrior coaching, because they have thoughts that are so perseverating, that are so out of the blue, like, whoa, I must be a sick person to think things like that. Why would I even think stuff like that? You know, to just separate, I am not my thoughts. I am the observer, the noticer of my thoughts. That's who I am. But I, my brain has thoughts and Satan knows how to float thoughts. And so does the Holy Ghost, but I get to be the discerner, the observer, and the noticer. We need to separate that, that we can get really good at noticing our thoughts and changing our feelings, but we are not our thoughts. And some people will just hook their identity to a pattern of thinking they've had for a long time, especially, you know, if they're in a compulsive habit of doing something outside of their values like you know looking at pornography or watching the kind of shows that don't really help the spirit come and so you think those things and wonder about those things or music you know there's just so many things that we can do that we think it's becoming who we are but we are not our thoughts we are just to reinforce that it's like temptation and just because Satan put those rocks in front of Jesus and says, here, you're hungry. Turn these to bread. Mm. Did that make Christ any less of a person because he was tempted? Good. No, it's the giving into temptation. That's the problem. We know that because we're in this world, we're going to get tempted. There's not, we're doing anything wrong. The problem only is a problem if we do something against our values. So the fact that we receive thoughts that we don't like and aren't who we want to be, that's nothing wrong. That doesn't make us bad, evil, or horrible. It's if we dwell on them, we marinate in them, we let Satan work his little mischief with us. But if we reject it, cast it out, recognize it for what it is, notice it, name it, flip it, find it, we can get rid of it and be back in a good place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that so much. You know the saying that you that we hear often, an old dog can't change its spots? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is like one of the greatest lies, right? So our brain, we have these thoughts and maybe we have these impulsive behavior. And so we've created those neural pathways. And then the next lie is, well, an old dog can't change their spots. That's just who I am. And we start identifying with that, like what you're saying, Lloyd. But, you know, the great thing is that that is a lie and we can change those neural pathways and we can flip that. It In a lot of times, you know, it might be that we have to make that change with some intention and veracity that 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 warrior chemistry and we have to be really diligent and on point and on purpose and have it be one of our goals but that neural pathway the more we go down that new pathway it does form in our brain and then we do start to have that be more the automatic instead of the other 
instead of like, oh, I'm a bad mom. Okay, well, I know I could have done things better, but I know that Heavenly Father trusts me with these kids. The different pathway to start remembering and just keep reinforcing it, which is why another reason why I just love this tool so much, because the flipping it is creating another neural pathway, a different way to be thinking about ourselves. And it, the noticing it is just finding that little tricky Satan and realizing, you know what, we got this. You know, we have these bodies and we have the power and we have the Holy Ghost to be able to discern and notice when he's there. And we have the ability to flip it and change those neuro neuro pathways. And what's the next one? Finding it. I missed one. What was it? Notice it, flip it. Notice it. No, name it. We can name it. We can flip it. And then we can do what it takes to notice it then and get that that behavior changed. And also I love noticing it because it, I set a goal then so that I can prophesy the next time that attack's going to happen because I, Satan seems to work in patterns. He, for me anyway, it's like, it's always the same couple of things, you know? So if I can notice it and find the action to in the flipping it, but then prophesy so that that action then is taken into the next time I can notice it even sooner. Mm-hmm. And I can be more on purpose or with intention in changing that neural pathway. And I love so much this program where we are learning the science of our brain. I think it gives us grace and mercy for ourselves, that that's our brain. That's our mortal brain. And then also we have the veil placed over us, but we have all the tools with the spirit, with the principles that were taught in the gospel of Jesus Christ to overcome all of that. And that helps us in the flipping it as we remember really what we're here, why we're here and what we're trying to become and what we're trying to do instead of getting stuck in that. I'm a failure. I'm a loser. Oh, I keep doing this. So I must just give up. That dog can't change its spots. It's just, it's a lie. So good. So, you know, uh, the notice it, name it, flip it, find it. Let's talk about name it and flip it. So one of the people who actually helped write the curriculum for the Eternal Warriors program is Anelody Milne, and she now directs the women's therapeutic programs at Life Changing Services. But I was talking to her recently, and she said, once we notice we're in a mood battle, we need to be able to name the feeling we're having. And then it says to flip it. So you just think, well, what's the opposite of sad? Well, it's happy. Maybe you just think that. But she said, it's super important for us to have emotional intelligence and be able to know how to name our feelings. And then she said, I've kind of added another step into the notice it, name it, flip it, find it with my women that I work with and young women in these programs because we don't get comfortable with feeling our feelings. And that actually can make mood battles worse. And it can make us avoid a lot of things in our life. If we can name what we're feeling, then feel the feeling and then flip it. So she says, she teaches it like, notice it, name it, feel it, flip it find it. And it's because the better we get at feeling feelings, 
it actually supports us noticing things earlier because we're not afraid of feeling negative feelings. We're not afraid of having a feeling like that because I think a lot of us have been taught since we've just little, you know, once you start crying or talking a little sassy, you know, that is not allowed, right? You're out of here kind of a thing. We're never taught how to feel negative feelings in an appropriate way. We're just taught that they're bad and you need to stop it, right? And so I think that that's something that as we become adults can really affect us. But that's something I'd like to ask us to discuss now is just how, how do we get good at naming, feeling, and flipping? Like, what's some of the advice maybe that you would give someone? I'll just say personally for me, in order for me to even start naming my feelings, because I just knew basic feelings. I didn't know there's lots of feelings. It's almost like I needed a heightened emotional intelligence. So I printed off an emotions or feelings wheel off of the internet. I just Googled emotions wheel or feelings wheel. And anyway, it has so many more words of feelings than I can think of. And it actually kind of breaks it down into, you know, sections where you can say, well, here's where the basic level of sad but then here's some other things that are a little deeper than sad. Here's some other things that are a little even, you know, even more related to sad. So you have, you have all these things that you can get better at naming what you're feeling. Because, yeah, it's just that helped me a lot to be able to say, okay, now I'm learning more words about feelings. Not just the feeling I'm having, but also the feeling I'd rather have instead when I flip it. But I do think that learning how to care for myself while I feel hard feelings is kind of important. Yeah, I think there is great power in allowing ourselves to feel it. And the when you notice the feeling and then you name it. So let's one that I was dealing with a while ago, it was the comparing, right? Comparing. And then I, I thought about that feeling. It's very uncomfortable. I think that's why sometimes we don't allow ourselves to feel it is it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. you know? And when we identify that we feel it, then you can feel shame for having that feeling. Like what, what kind of person am I that I feel like that, you know? So all of those things and our fear, like, I mean, if I really feel like this and I identify it, then there's fear that I'm not measuring up. So all of those things don't feel good. But when you give yourself permission and grace to feel it and say, okay, well, let's, let's be real. I feel it. It is what it is. I feel it. That's when you have the power then, right? To say, well, I don't, I don't want to have that feeling. I don't, that's not what I want to have define me. And if, when we get there, then we're in the power position to say, well, what do I want to be? Or where do I want to be with that? So then we flip it, right? So the opposite of being comparing or feeling jealous, right? is going to be, again, love, I think, love and peace and happiness for someone else. And that's a powerful place to be in. And as you flip that and you're in that power, you've allowed yourself to feel it so you can identify it. You're going to notice it sooner the next time. 
And the more that you work your way through and do the find it, you, so you're working yourself from the feeling. So you've noticed it, you've named it, and now you're going to feel it. It's uncomfortable. You're going to flip it. When you're in that power place and you keep repeating that over and over, it becomes part of who you are. You're like, oh, I, I, I know what that feels like and I'm going to go right here. And it's, it's like such an instant, like, no, that's not it. And, and you become, I think the, the new feeling does start to define you and it starts to be the way that your mind is thinking in a more normal way. Not that you're more normal, but that becomes more normal to your mind, to the process, the, the processes of your mind. So good. The situation I find myself in a lot is because of my responsibility as a provider for my family that work-related stuff is important to me. And one that Satan likes to get me on is that I don't trust my employer. And if I allow that, that's true. And I can allow myself to feel that. But if I allow myself to marinate in it, then I'm just going to get agitated and irritated and it's going to start to consume me. Mm. And that's what Satan wants, because if I'm consumed with those negative thoughts and feelings, then he can manipulate me. And so I have to recognize, and that's one of the tools I use to recognize if I'm being messed with is if it's a consuming thought, if it's taken up all my energy and feelings and I can't think about anything else, then I know, okay, say I recognize it. Even if this thought is true, I know I'm getting messed with and he's twisting and distorting things. And that's when I have to, so I'm recognizing it, I'm naming it. And like you said, like Karen, that it's okay to feel it. Yes, I can say, yes, that's true. I don't trust my employer. However, that's the key right there. The, however, I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful for the opportunity to support my family. I choose to do and be my best. And so that's the flipping it part of it. And as I start acting like that, that's the finding it. That's the putting my good thoughts and intentions of the flip side into action to make it a reality. And so that's how it becomes real in the find it part is by me doing something about the flip side. Mm. I love that you pointed out. Yep, that's true. Mm -hmm. Right? Because if things are true, like the lie you're hearing or, you know, you, you don't trust your boss, you know, to be like the consumingness, if that's a word. Is consumingness a word? I don't know. But anyway, the consuming of it. it is, yeah, that, that's, your, that's your hint. You know what? If this is consuming me, I know. Yeah, because it is your, it's a true thing. And I love that. So good for us to know. We have to know Satan only tells us lies that are connected to truth. Right? All right. Very quickly, you guys have noticed, uh, noticed, named, feel, flip, and find it. Your find it to me sounds like what you do is take action. Yep. Okay, so good. Something that 
to throw in that action is just what kind of word will you use when you're taking action? That's really helpful is to have things in our mind and our heart, like memorize scriptures, words of hymns, personal declarations that we have written out and revise and rewrite and revise so they just become so true to us and we use them as, you know, belief statements, declarations while we're taking action. So good. It's like Debbie was saying earlier, you know, when she was given the example of looking for to talk about love and that love is absolutely the flipping it and then acting on that acting in ways that express love and show love and remember love and doing service that shows love or like that example when she was so happy for her friends that's the way of showing love that's exactly how you find it you make it reality yeah, I really appreciated you bringing up that love thing. Because really, that's what we're ultimately trying to do, right? We're trying to be an instrument in God's hand and bring his love to people. Well, our time is up. And, oh, I so appreciate being here with Lloyd and Debbie. And so grateful to share this transforming Satan's lies and this tool. Notice it, name it, flip it, find it. The Nini Beefy tool. I'm so excited. I feel so much smarter now. I know what that means. And really want to reiterate again, it's so incredibly important for you as listeners to know that we're doing these podcasts as the Eternal Warriors coaches because we want you to start noticing that is very cool. If I could implement that into my life, that would change a lot of things for me. Especially if I could get as good at doing it, they described, like, you could just be noticing, like, oh, that's a pattern. I just get that. Oh, look, I'm feeling a way I don't want to feel with my friends. And be able to do it in a quick way and then also take it home and do it in the long game so that it really supports the narrow pathways you're trying to re trying to re to create in your brain, but thank you so much for that. I just really want to call you people who are listening. We're not doing this just for foo-foo fun. We really, really have seen the benefits in our life and we see it with the clients that we work with. It's game-changing to be able to fight your spiritual battles well and understand what's going on and really be more connected to the spirit and to the power of the savior in our life. And when we know how to transform Satan's lies, that really can happen. So we invite you to come find us, lifechangingservices.org, underneath the training tab. I think our website just changed. I need to check that. I think it might be under resources now, but we'll say training tab. And then now I'm thinking of all of our episodes we've done that haven't been posted that I've been saying that in them and they changed our website. So I'm going to need to go check that out. So don't get lost. Just know you're looking for the coaching page. Okay. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thank you for listening. As you can see, we are very enlisted in what we have learned and hope to teach. 
If you have found today's message inspiring, please share this podcast with family and friends so others can enjoy and be edified along with us. Be sure to download the free book that holds all the core principles behind what we teach. This book is called Like Dragons Did They Fight. You will find a link for that free download at Like Dragons Free. And remember, you can find all the life-changing resources, programs, and trainings needed for you and your family at lifechangingservices.org.